Wonderful. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Dan podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual neurolinguistic programming and cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one sessions in both French and English, and also in group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoachdenamzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our 10th and last episode of season 16, a very special guest living their lives promoting authenticity, Ray Locara Jr., and just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to probably introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Ray, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Um, Dr. Dan, first of all, I, I really appreciate you having me on the program. Um, I really do enjoy your show. First off, I think the title says it all. Um, it is a journey. Uh, and uh, even learning how to be happy is a journey. Uh, and also the conversation is important, which is why I think podcasts are so po- popular right now because of that conversation. And in fact, anybody who knows me and is listening, they're nodding their heads because that's all I ever talk about is how important conversation and dialogue really is. Um, as Dr. Danner mentioned, my name is Ray Lacara Jr. I'm located in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, my wife and I relocated uh, some years ago from the East Coast. Uh, actually, my wife's actually from Washington State and I'm from Connecticut. Um, But she had come out, uh, she had come out to Connecticut in the early 2000s. um, And in fact, in February, we'll be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, I'm a longtime teacher, mentor, uh, more recently an MCLC, uh, coaching in the academic, personal and professional space. Uh, I've written some books, some fiction, some nonfiction. Uh, The nonfiction books go hand in hand, though, with the teaching and the coaching where the emphasis is on authenticity um, and reflecting, because I believe there's something profound about being able to fully live, love, and lead authentically. And I'd even argue learning authentically. So the goal here is that by being more in tune with who you are, you'll be able to better achieve that which you're capable of and hopefully also lead a happier life. Um, along with that authenticity, we also just, we really need to be aware of gratitude. Um, it's really about that mindset, uh, because through that authenticity, through that gratitude, uh, you learn how not to conform because you're being more, uh, you are who you are more so than giving into social media or all these other influences that are around you. And it's something that my wife and I share with people all the time, but it's um, it's not just something we say, it's a mantra that we live by. Uh, so you know, I, I would say right now, we probably work twice as hard as we did when we were on the East Coast, but it's authentic. And because of that, we are that much more grateful every single day for each other and for our experiences. And, uh, you know, when we were on the East Coast, it just felt like we were spinning our wheels and not really getting much of a return on our investment. So uh, I I knew at some point we would move west 
so she could be with her family. But we wanted to be, do, have, and give more. And so at that point, uh, with, with all that, we decided to make that move. Sometimes you have to go to extremes. And uh, that's what we did. But we did that with the intent of transforming our lives and being as authentic as we could. Also excising toxicity from our lives um, and being surrounded by remarkable people who shared our passion. Sure. And that has that is what has led to the path that we both are on. She is now, she's grown into her own by making that move. She's now an executive sous chef for a company out here in Washington state. Experiences that she would never have had if we hadn't made that move, but it is an alignment with who she truly is. And it was wonderful to watch her blossom. And I get to work directly with um, clients and learners from over 20 different countries. Um, it's just amazing. So um, that's a little bit about me. Uh, we kind of live with that. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, and one last thing I'll add here too. Uh, we also happen to be short statured. Okay. okay. So I'll leave that. Hey, that's, it is what it is. Like I said, you know what? We all find ways to compensate for what we think we're lacking and we become better it's like someone who doesn't have their vision they have great hearing someone you know so it's always a sixth sense that adds into it and uh but i really appreciate you taking the time ray to be able to join us and i know that um when it comes to how you interact and just in, with the tone of your voice i could see how much passion you have with teaching to others how to live their life authentically and with passion, okay? So the thing is, what we see nowadays is so much, I would say, social media, people are hiding behind a computer. People are creating a facade that is not them. They create kind of like, I'm not sure if you remember the website Second Life okay? or the, the metaverse that was supposed to be built according to certain social media giants with uh, Facebook, et cetera. And then they realize that we're building a life that is not ours. We're building, building something that it's just a make-believe, okay? Mm. So this, in retrospect, creates people into living in an environment that is just a lie, that is just a, something that is not them, but yet they have to conform to what society tells them who to be. And because of the social pressures, we are realizing that that is not me. That is not who I am as a person. So based on your expertise, Ray, do you feel that as technology advances, we are getting worse and worse? <laughs> we are. But part of it is that what we need to realize and what I work with young people especially uh, on is recognizing how the when you're using any social media application or your phone what's happening is that the algorithms are responding to what you tend to search for so those same things are and it's all about that uh high that we get when oh here's something here's something and by the way here's something interesting to just to jump in real quick and, and, and share you know in some of the academic classes that i teach um it's very difficult for people to focus. And uh, especially when young people are trying to read and read for details. Well, consider this, what do we all spend hours practicing? 
when you're on your phone and when you're online, you're practicing skimming. You're never reading anything until you come across something that might be interesting for a moment. But even then, so when we talk about how our, our learners can't read, well, nobody's really addressing that other issue where for hours they're on their phone and they're technically practicing skimming as opposed to actually reading for, for information. Uh, look, it's just early on, if when you're young, you're, you're trying to find your way and unfortunately, because of social media, there are, there are all these conflicting messages. And the more that someone can step back, and it doesn't matter what age, but the more that someone can step back and say, who am I? What is it that I like? What do I, what makes me smile? What are the things that I enjoy doing? What are my, and some people still haven't discovered that because, you know, before when you and I were in school, we had all these electives. They used to put us through all these different things to try. They've done away with all that today. So now young people are expected to sit in class for hours at a time. The focus is on academics. I understand that. But it used to be about the individual as well. And so where are they getting it from? They're getting it on social media. So it's really about trying to help people at any age, though, understand who they are at their core so that they can begin to say, wait a minute you know, I don't really like that, or, hey, I really enjoy that, or that's not me. But that's not an easy process to go through. I agree. And and here's another question when it comes to more of the clinical aspect of uh, mental illness. We, we see, so we see people developing ADHD or ADD. Is it because they skim through all those, the phone, you know, the, all those uh, social media thing, they don't have time right. to read that screen, or right. did the social media created ADHD. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you're, you're hitting that. The question is so valid because, and I'm sure there's, infer, there's data out there to support both sides of that. But until we find a way where, and this goes with adults too, can find opportunities where they learn to focus. Because a lot of people don't know how to put that phone away. A lot of, you know, even at night. And, and the, the wonderful thing is, for example, like my wife and I, uh, at a certain time, and this is available on your phones, what we did a long time ago is it turns off automatically or, or goes into night mode. Okay. So when messages come through, none of us are hearing that until a certain time. And in fact, what I share with my students too is, I don't even have, my phone is on, but I don't have any um, notifications that go off. It doesn't vibrate, nothing during the day. And part of what I share with them is this is a way for you to control the phone and not have the phone control you. That's a good point. And I'm teaching that to young people, not just working with adults about that, because a lot of times the adults have to use it as part of their job, but, but you can still have it where it's not going off all the time because the minute that happens, what's the brain chemistry, right? Prompted to go and check the phone, <laughs> right? Same pattern, right. same routine. And that, that's the yep. thing people could, I mean, I think based on uh, psychology, we, people develop certain habits, either good or bad. And the yeah. good one is great. Like when you build a habit to go to the gym every single day, that's a great habit. Continue on, live a healthy life. But when it comes to the bad habits, 
such as being on the phone constantly. Now, if you do it for work-related, that's one thing. But if you do it just for social or just for amusement or entertainment, then that becomes a problem. Right. And the, detaching yourself from that little device creates more of a stress, like, and it's even in relationship, right? Okay. As a marriage yeah. counselor, I see like if let's say the wife or the husband, they get notification and they go immediately, then the wife first thing is that, is he cheating on me? Or is she right. cheating? Or uh, you, you're putting too much attention on the phone, not attention to me. That creates chaos, that creates strife, that creates like a lot of like right. disbalance in the relationship. So all this is just creating more issues long-term. And because of this, it says, what, you don't trust me? What, this and that? And then then this becomes the beginning of the end. But that, you know, that speaks to something even deeper. So first of all, I'm, I'm going to tie it to authenticity for just a moment where, um, so as I mentioned, my wife and I um, in February will celebrate 20 years. Now there's something that we do every single day. And that is, and this is even before we moved, but every single day we thank each other for even the most mundane things. Thank you for feeding the dog. Thank you for doing the dishes. Thanks for making dinner. Thanks for, and, and this is something <laughs> we've been doing this. And, and if we don't get a chance to say it verbally, there's, there's a text message that, you know, at the end of the night, uh, if I'm still working where I'm at and she's in bed or whatever. Uh, so that right there, you know, it's, it's just like people who might work at home we're so used to what has what the usual procedure happens to be or you know, when you start to do things outside of the box that's when all of a sudden we start questioning so people who start working at home it's I, I need to work three times as much or as hard because I'm feeling guilty because I'm home and sometimes that same thing happens when using the cell phone so you know understanding like for example uh, what your position is, uh, do you use it for work or even with your friends? When that jealousy comes in, that's a reflection a lot of times of whether or not the couple is being authentic, open and genuine with themselves. So something else that my wife and I do is uh, every anniversary, we fill out a questionnaire between the two of us and we sit there and kind of talk about and go over the year. We would have never been able to make that transition that we did from the East Coast to the West Coast and be so um, in alignment if that wasn't the case. And I'm not saying that all these things are perfect because everything, you know, our move hasn't always been Twinkies and rainbows. Of course. But, when, but when you are truly grateful, when you truly are as authentic as you can be, it, it is profound there. And, you know, I, I, I blurted out the fact that because uh, people are not going to be able to tell through the podcast, but, you know, here we are short statured. We already have uh, a, a set of things that we have to um, challenges, if you will, that we have to um, uh, deal with. And that could easily derail anybody. And it's not as if we came from, uh, a you know, wealthy family. It's not as if we haven't had to work for every little bit that we have. But you talk about that happiness journey that goes with your title. Part of that um, gratitude comes from, here's a challenge. We met that. 
We overcame that, now it's on to the next one. And if you keep that in mind, those things that might be a distraction, for example, the cell phone, that becomes more of a tool than a distraction. Yes, I agree. And and but here's the thing: uh, people get into what we call the rat race. Okay. Yeah. They constantly feel that okay, we resolve one problem, now here's another one, and another, and another. So no one has the chance to be able to just say, "Oh, finally, I could relax a little bit. I could let go. I could just not stress about what's the next hell am I going to go through." So that in itself should create some sense of, um, you know, if you live your life in the moment, as we talked a little bit earlier, I read the, with Eckhart Tolle, Power of Now, which is a very, very good book on how to live your life mindfully. And people always feel that they're living their life into an unknown, undetermined future, because with what they experience today, they anticipate without logic of what can happen to the future. They worry about the future, they stress about it, and they forget about the present. Or you have some other people focusing too much on the past, and as history repeats itself, they feel that today is going to be the same problem as they experienced five years ago. So how can people really adapt and forgetting about what's in the past and forget about thinking that they're God to be able to anticipate the future? and starting to really live today. So this is gonna sound simplified, but it really comes down to who are you? It comes down to being able to look in the mirror and be able to face ourselves and to see who we are. And it means also that those things that we're not happy with, that's okay. So now that becomes the goal. How do I address that? Because until we do that, you know, for example, one thing that I work with people in, in both business um, and academics is uh, something called uh, being strategic and being tactical. We're all very tactical in a lot of things that in our lives. So for example, in education, a learner is tactical in that they might do the assignment. I've done it. It's done. I handed it in. Uh, in business, uh, you might have a business. I'm, I'm making calls. I'm, I'm doing. But the, the the strategic part is okay. In education, what did I get out of this week? What did I get out of that class? Where am I failing? Why was I tired? In the business, uh, uh, in the business area, it's okay. So, what do we need to do? to bring in more clients? Did this work? Um, where is the money going? What do we, so and, and a lot of times we never have that opportunity to do that. Well, guess what? You can do the same thing in a relationship as well. You can do the same thing in your life as well. So a lot of times people are just going through the motions and even when it comes to coaching, so all of a sudden I'm gonna go to coaching, but then they don't really know what they want out of that coaching. Mm -hmm. So I come back to, and, and this is kind of where I've ended up in the last couple of years, where I have found that, um, you know, we can always ask someone, tell me a little bit about yourself. I like to ask, who are you? It, it's interesting how when I ask it that way, um, how people respond. Mm -hmm. 
So I'll have I'll have young people going, oh, I don't I don't really know yet, or I'm not sure how to answer that. And part of that is because they think that they have to answer it the way you want them to. But it's a powerful question for when they get ready to do interviews for jobs or fill out scholarship applications or school applicants, because basically tell me about yourself is who are you? So imagine how powerful you'll be able to approach that question now, because you'll know it. Um, and you're always evolving. So it's not as if it's set in stone. For adults, there are some that actually start tearing up. And sometimes the responses I get is, I've been trying to figure this out all my life. So they've never even asked that question about who, who they are. So I, I believe in being able to get through that is, is um, you know, to, to go back to your question, people can... Uh, the best way to be able to approach life and make a change is going to start with that question first. And then as you begin to look at the different areas of your life, this is going to sound maybe a little silly, but what do you focus on during the day? You know, what is, what is your routine like? What, what are your transitions like? You know, how do you live your, you know, a, a lot of times, I mean, let's face it, when we were all younger, especially on the East Coast, You'd have a, a, a the, the Oscars are on or there's a game on and you stay up until 12, one o'clock and then you have to get up the next day. And But you're a zombie walking through the day. Yes. So you're not, you're, you know, the ability to take in information, process, all that is somewhat hindered and sabotaged because of that. But when do we learn to get past that? So sometimes it takes until we're an adult, right? So again, being able to look at what is, how do we live our life? So, but it starts first with who are you? And then as you begin to look at the, the areas you want to improve, it's again, routines or transitions. What are we focusing on? Are we procrastinating all the time? And then what is your time management like? Because a lot of times the anxiety and the stress that we have in our lives, we're bringing it upon ourselves. Sure. So and the more that you can reflect on that, the more you can address that and begin to be or to live happier. But don't you think that also there's the fear factor, Ray, that when you ask the question, who are you? They're afraid of the answer. They're yes. afraid of who they are or who they became from who they were in the past. So for that, it's, I'm not sure if they, maybe they do know the answer, but they're afraid of it. They're afraid to face their fears. And because of that, they try to hide through a facade or through like a, a wall because they're afraid to look at themselves in the mirror and admitting what kind of person they really are. Yeah, at that point, it helps if there's someone to work with them through that, to, to really help emphasize um, the positives mm -hmm. um, and what they bring to the table. Because you're right, there are, I've worked with people who are, you know, I've worked with people who are older. They've they've been parents, they've been grandparents, and yet they still question what they bring to the table. So wait a minute, are you kidding me? You bring so much, uh, but you know. But that's what it means to be human too. I, I have a conversation course that I teach to all levels, uh, young people as well as adults. And but what I work with young people, one of the things I'll share with them is that this is not something that's just for introverts or people who feel socially awkward. 
the thing is there's no age limit on being human when we when we interact we're always looking for something someone to reciprocate we're always looking for that um, but a lot of times much of our experiences just have to do with being human so doing that search yet they may not like that uh, what they find but is that a, an accurate depiction of them or is that just through their lens yes so um just for our listeners for them to get something uh, that is tangible out of this podcast what would be just in a few words ray to be able to conclude this um do you recommend them to start living their life authentically what kind of step would you recommend so one of the first things i would i uh, i'll recommend two quick ones one of the first ones is to really ask yourself who are you well, what does that mean? Um, you can do a mind map where you can, uh, you know, a picture of yourself and then all the different parts of who you are that make you, you know, make up that, that individual. But also think about, again, the things that you like and enjoy. What brings you uh, physically? What, what do you like to do physically? What do you like? To, how are you or who are you emotionally, um, creatively? Um, looking at those different areas. Um, what makes you smile, or even things that you don't like. That's that's one. The other thing that uh, people can also look at is make a list of make a list of um, what you bring to a friendship, and a list of what you expect from a friendship. Because a lot of us are in relationships because we want to be part of someone else's um, um, universe or someone else's uh, uh, space. Uh, and does that person value you as much as you value them? And so that's, I think, because it has a lot to do with who, who we're surrounded by. So what kind of books did you write and where can people find your book and what are the titles? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, for um, one of them is Who Am I? Uh, the Search for Authenticity. And that will actually take you through the different steps that we were kind of talking about right here, um, as well as a, additional resources that are in that. Uh, also, essential study skills. Um, that's uh, another uh, title, and that's for uh, young people who are uh, learners. I, I have some fiction titles out there as well, but the, those two are, are um, I would recommend uh, just because of the power that they have. Um, also, Best Foot Forward is another one as well. Beautiful. And with social media, they could find you on Facebook, on uh, on Twitter, or now it's called X. <laughs> right. I I know. And have you noticed that the articles, when people refer to it, they'll now rather than referring it to X, it'll it, they'll they'll actually write uh, so a platform known as or formerly yeah, known as Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Yes. So they're. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at the name of his daughter, you know, you say to yourself, you know what, it makes sense what he called the, he changed the name to X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm available. Uh, I, you can find me on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can also find me on, on Twitter and um, Instagram uh, as well. I, I also have resources that are on YouTube uh, as well. Just uh, if you uh, search for authentic, Authentic Embassy, uh, you'll be able to find me through that. Uh, and just real quick, AuthenticEmbassy.com, if, if you're interested in um, uh, connecting, also uh, BestFootForwardOnline.org, 
where there's motivational uh, study skills and also um, uh, health tips for young learners. Um, that's also out there. Beautiful. Well, Ray, on that note, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really appreciate you taking the time of busy schedule to join us and thank you again for participating and, and, to, and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible knowledge. Now, we hope that you have all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season 17 of the Happiness Journey podcast filled with inspirational stories just like the one that you listened to today. Now, here are some concluding words of wisdom. Embrace the journey of living authentically as your genuine self holds immense power and grace. Your uniqueness shines like a rare gem, guiding your path. Embrace your true nature, standing tall and embracing your quirks, passion, and dream from which greatness emerge. Authentic living is liberating and echoes your aspiration, showing courage against conformity. Your genuine action inspires others to be true too. Let your authenticity shine as a beacon, a powerful gift to the world, igniting an everlasting flame of fulfillment and joy. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.